0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we got Justin Paul back in the co-pilot seat. It's episode 54, season three of the Daily Intermission podcast. We've got a jam-packed episode today. As you guys know... The sports world is humming. I mean, we get the Masters that just passed. We got another big golf tournament this week. In the NBA, NHL playoffs, the MLB is about ten games in. We got history being made. In more facets than one in the MLB, we got the UFC 287, which was wild. The Women's World Hockey Championships. I mean, if you look around, it's just a lot to consume right now. But we're going to break down as much as we can. But before we get into the pregame show, a lot of you guys know that I was just on an Ottawa trip. I grinded, Grit grinded it to, to get there. But we'll get into all of that. I have to say that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Guys, go over to manscaped.com. Check out their, their plethora of of great products, you got the Lawnmower 4.0, which is a great grooming razor for all of your body. You've got the Weed Whacker, which is great for your nose. It's uh, the product line over at Manscaped is amazing. They've got shampoo and conditioner, which we all know I don't need, but uh, a lot of people can use. Um, but guys go over to manscaped.com. Use the code TDI 20 or TDI for 20% off free shipping. Uh, you guys know the drill, uh, but Justin, how are you doing, man? How's everything? How's life in New York, man? Uh, how you doing since last episode? How are the reviews, man? I got a lot of good reviews last, uh, uh, you know, from our first episode together.
0: Yeah, I know. Obviously. Honored to be back. we uh, ready for another pod. Again, uh, uh, just like I said before, just honored to be a part of this uh, daily intermission family. Uh, uh, so excited to, to keep it rolling a little bit here and get into sports talk. But no, I, uh, yeah, a lot of my buddies and, and people I've talked to fired up about it. They're uh, obviously, uh, it's really exciting. It's something you you almost can't believe at times to be a part of. So again, uh, couldn't be uh, thankful enough, but uh, on the on the sports front, unbelievable Masters weekend. Uh, we got playoffs coming up, so that's just extremely exciting. Uh, in terms of a uh, home base here, like I said, uh, we got 25 degrees Celsius weather. I'm in t-shirt, shorts, sweating. We got golf lined up all weekend, man. It's hard to say Christmas and and, and early April, end of March. This is it. it I'm 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 loving it right now, so I couldn't be happier and ready to go, Greg.
1: I can't like I mean I just I can't envision it. I mean right now we're dealing with like 10, 12 degrees Celsius right now, which is pretty standard for early April in Nova Scotia. But 26, like get out of here, dude. That's just rubbing into my face. That's going to be some serious serious golfing this weekend. Maybe some beers mixed in. I mean that's that's good stuff. Uh, But Justin, in the pregame show here, I gotta I gotta tell the listeners about the trip to Ottawa. So I've kind of I gave Justin the briefing, but we haven't got into it all. Uh, So as you guys know good friend of mine childhood buddy drake batherson plays for the ottawa Senators, so we did it last year it's kind of the second annual trip we go up for the masters we hang out at his house we catch a couple senators games we go watch him play um so our flight is scheduled for thursday morning last thursday morning uh so i'm driving into the city of halifax i'm gonna stay with a buddy of mine who's coming on the trip we're gonna hit the airport uh and fly out early thursday while the flight gets canceled to an ice storm (laughs) So we go to the airport, we check in with all of the airlines. They can't get us there before Friday night. So that, so our trip, that's two full days of our trip because we were going to fly in early Thursday morning. So we're going to miss all Thursday, all Friday. This, Justin, I'm telling you right now, it's maybe one of the more, it was a dumb decision. We hopped in <laughs> my car and we hit the road. Okay, so, so it's, it's, we're leaving around, so it's, it's about a 15-hour drive. So we're leaving Halifax around 8 p.m., and so we're plan we're just mentally we're we're gearing up to go all night. And so we get so so people envision this for the American listeners, you're not really gonna understand this this travel, but but Justin, you should be familiar with this. So so you've gotta go yep. from kind of out the top of Nova Scotia, then you've got to go all the way through New Brunswick and there's no, you can kind of get to mid New Brunswick and you'd think that there'd be a road straight across straight through Quebec straight to Ontario, but no, you've got to go to the tip top of New Brunswick <laughs> straight across to Quebec and then come all the way down towards Quebec city of Montreal. And then you're kind of right there in the Ottawa territory, but it's a full on ice snowstorm. So my buddy, really? thankfully, uh, so my buddy Dawson, he met us from PEI anyway. So he's he's worked on the rigs, Justin, a little bit. So we're driving and we're passing. We're on the passing lane. We're passing one of these snow plows in between Moncton and Fredericton. And we start sliding completely sideways on the highway for like 40 meters. And I like I would have hit the brakes. Like I, I'm I'm not a skilled enough driver to get this thing back on the road. I thought we were going in the ditch. Thankfully, we were only going around 70. Yeah, Dawson grabs the wheel. He gets this thing back. He we're we're doing whipping back and forth. He doesn't even touch the brake. Like this guy's driven eight, uh, eighteen wheelers. Like he he is a machine. Like I was like man, oh I was praised God. him for the rest of the trip. But anyway, we end up getting a hotel. We made the rest <laughs> of the trip on Thursday. Um, but man, I'm telling you right now, it was a shit show. I mean, you get five guys together oh who God, are fired man. up to drink. It's it's never good news, especially <laughs> that first night. But, um. But no, I mean, I, I could go in I, maybe I'll do a little breakdown later on alone because we've got so much to get into and I, and obviously Justin, I don't want to just talk out my my rear end, but it was a, it was a fun trip, and um you know, watching them beat Tampa Bay seven four Drake scores 30 seconds into the game so DJ Smith's wife was sitting right behind us. The whole team knew that Drake had a bunch of buddies up, he starts them, scores that first shift, and I mean I don't really remember much of the night after
0: it. <laughs> 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 it was that's unreal, man. Yeah. Hey, that's how it goes. And and you say, American listeners, about the the travel, man. Early April, you're dealing with snow, ice, and everything, dude. Hey, that's Canada. That's we we know it. We know it. Oh, but, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, like you said, hey, when you got that trip in your mind you jump in that car and it sounds like a good idea no matter what you you're going to get there you're going to have that you've been, you've been waiting for this trip to happen i'm not surprised but uh yeah glad you got down there glad you got to experience that and uh he scored so that's fired up let's go and uh sounds like it was uh, worth it while you were there for sure for sure
1: absolutely would i do it again maybe not Was it worth it? 100%. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, But let's, let's hop into things. I mean, we're going to get, we're going to get into the masters in quarter four quarter one. We're going to talk about the NHL because obviously we're just about to kick off the playoffs. We're a few days out from series one, kicking off from round one, kicking off in quarter two. We're going to get into the NBA, Justin quarter three. We'll talk a bit about the MLB and then quarter four, we'll get into the golf world. Uh, But as I was in Ottawa, uh, Justin, I did want to kick things off by giving them some love and talking about them. Um, They've got a bright future in Ottawa. So I watched them beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I watched them beat the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Carolina Hurricanes needed that win. So it wasn't like they were just, you know, out there, you know, uh, mailing it in. Like, they needed a win in that game. But, man, I think think this Atlanta division, obviously, it's hard to forecast, you know, what Boston and and Toronto and Tampa are going to look like next year and even Florida. But this team, man, they have so many good young players. And if they can kind of get a goaltender in that mix, this is a team that might make a ton of noise next year.
0: No, 100%. I mean, I, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it it doesn't help the division. I mean, like like you mentioned, it's such a stacked division. Like this is a team where I think on on uh the, like Pacific and Central and stuff. Like, yeah, you're talking about them probably being able to get in the wild card in the West, but um that's the nature of the beast. I mean, I think you already touched on it, but a couple names stand out to me in terms of of uh the future and how great it looks is Stutzel. I mean, Sportsnet put on a comparison, Stutzel versus Drat first 3 years. Drat was 191 games, 50 goals, 137 points. Stutzel was 196, 68 goals, 163. This this guy is legit. This he is legit player. He's going to absolutely pop off, probably 100 next season to chuck Sneaky second highest expected goals in the league this year behind McDavid. Second. Think about the talent. Like this roster. This roster's legit. Like this top six. I mean what? Do they 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 all have sixty points? Stutzel, Kachuk, Drew, Dubrinkat, Batherson and Is it Pinto's the center? Maybe he didn't, but what, five out of six? of your top six against 60? Yep. This is a great spot. Great spot to be a Senators fan right now, I tell you that.
1: And they're without their second-line centerman who provides a ton of offense, Josh Norris, who was out for the entire year. He had 35 goals last year. And Timmy Stutzel, let's remind people, Justin, this guy's in his third year in the show at 21 years (laughs) of age. He's 21 in his third year in the league, like... This guy's going to be such a phenomenal player, man. And then, you know, you add in Thomas Shabbat, Jacob Checker, and this Jake Sanderson kid is going to get paid through the roof. He is a a stud. I mean, this team, they've done a lot of great things. And we'll see, too. I mean, you never really know with new ownership. Obviously, we know the team's going to be sold in the next few weeks uh, or, you know, months. You never really know what that can do to an organization, you know pump some money into it. Maybe they're going to spend a little bit more. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. But I think that team, I wanted to give them a shout out because that's a team yep. that, uh, that's really going to make some noise in the next few years. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it really is. It's an exciting time to uh, to be an Audible Senators fan.
0: 100%. I think i touch on it quick. I mean, I think the two things that are, if you're looking at the great things and you look at a little bit on, on, on the side of what could limit them, I think Chabot's going to have to be a big piece. I know he's been hurt here and there and his production, whatever. I think he's going to be a big piece. If, if he steps up and becomes the player he can be, that's a team that's going to make playoffs. And the second part is they don't have a draft pick in the first three rounds this year. So, I mean, it's going to have to be free agency and hoping for development. But like I said, I don't think they need a whole lot more. They have what they need, it seems like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah. uh,
1: you know, a, a guy who can, because I, I watched Timmy some games too. Gets he gets tossed around a little bit, you know. You can't have Brady being the toughest guy in the team. I like bringing in yep. a guy with a little bit of toughness on the fourth line. They got guys who can skate on that third line. Uh, obviously, we don't really know what's going on with Formington, but that P.O. Josephs Joseph can skate. Ridley Griggs looked really good. You, you now yep. you slide Pinto down to that third line, probably where he belongs with Norris coming back. So, mm-hmm. really exciting. But let's move into yep. a team that is now crowned as the best regular season team in the history of the NHL. 64 wins, which has never been done, 133 points, which has never been done, fastest team to 50 wins, fastest team to 100 points. I mean, how impressive have the Boston Bruins been this Boston Bruins been this year, Justin?
0: I mean, first of all, what a time to be an NHL fan. Like what a time for the game. You got you're talking about Connor McDavid, the young talent we we've discussed many times. And now you got a best regular season like We've heard about Canadians, Oilers, all this, and I was even someone who was like, we're never going to see stuff like that. This Bruins team started with their foot on the gas and never let up. It is unbelievable. And what amazes me the most is because of this regular season success and McDavid and et cetera, did we just see the quietest, sneakiest 60-goal season ever by Pashnak? Did we? Is that... Oh, think about the hype around Matthews and McDavid. We've seen this guy just scored sixty goals, and it just flew onto the radar. But but that's what Bruins are, man. They're such a team game, and like the leadership and everything. Like, what a season! Unbelievable season. And and honestly, like it's a group that you can't help but kind of be like, hey, I respect what they do every time. There's not much. I, I I have trouble hating on them. I think it's amazing what they do. Well,
1: obviously, you know, I've been vocal about it. I'm a huge Boston fan. My family's from Boston. Yep. You know, you know, from the top up in terms of my grandparents, but. You're right. I mean, think about the amount of hype that Austin Matthews got last year with that 60-goal season, Hart Trophy winner. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but Connor McDavid, I mean, there's no way you don't give him the Hart Trophy, but you take Connor yep. McDavid out of the mix, it's going to David Pasternak. Being on the best team in, in the history of the league, having 60 goals at 109 points, and I feel as if that he just goes under the radar just in general. Like, not a lot yep. of guys talk about him, and, and yeah, you know, I think for a lot of the, you know, for the beginning of Pasternak's career, it was maybe on the load of but he's playing with Bergeron and Marchand. Well, guess yeah. what? This year he wasn't. This year he didn't play with yeah. those two. This year he was playing with David Krejci and Pavel Zaka and, you know, brought a lot to that line. And, I mean, this team, I mean, I look top to bottom. They are just so deep. They just got Taylor Hall back last night. Tyler Bertuzzi looks phenomenal. Uh, Nick Felino's yeah. still on the outside looking in. I'm not sure if he's going to get healthy, but that goaltending tandem as well with Jeremy Swayman and, and Linus Allmark, I mean, it, it's funny too because, Justin, I mean, all of these accolades that they've garnered and gathered through the regular season, it really just doesn't mean that much unless you do anything in the playoffs.
0: I know. And you know what? Like that's the thing with the Bruins is like, I feel like everyone perceives them including myself. And as this not dynasty, but this juggernaut of a team, the last what 15 years, they only won what, one cup there. Like they've been amazing, phenomenal regular season record, great playoff record. I think uh, they've made it past the first round, like six or six straight years or six of the last seven or something like that. Like they've been phenomenal, but I mean, like you said, one cup, uh, one cup, and uh, it just feels like they need to get over that hump because it doesn't matter until you come playoffs, like you mentioned. I mean, um, and again, I don't know if th- this league is so stacked, you don't know, you can't even say, like, they're going to get it done this year. But um, like I said, for guys like Bergeron, Krejci, um, even Allmark, like the guy who's in Buffalo and stuff, like I watched him a ton, like now he's obviously seeing a lot of success, like, there's just a team that like, if they win the cup, I feel like you're just like, yeah, that's the way you go about playing in the NHL. And that's how you win. And um, I I would like to see it. I I wouldn't mind that at all if they won the cup. But like you said, this, this uh, won't be forgotten because it's a record but like it, it does, it's not the same if you don't win that cup 100% yeah
1: it's going to be interesting for sure because I mean I, I do believe that this might be their last crack at it not sure if, if Krejci's going to come no. back not sure if Bergeron's going to come back both signed on very very team friendly deals to come back for one year yep. Brad Marchand certainly he just got he just scored last game his first goal in 17 games I mean he just hasn't been the same this year so it's uh, it's going to be interesting there's a lot of nice pieces there in Boston yep. but in terms of being the best team in the history the NHL. Obviously, not that they can't repeat that, but this is why I'm hesitant. Obviously, we talked about it last episode. Only one team in the last 15 years to win the president's trophy to go on to win the cup. The last time that we saw a team perform like this was the 2018-2019 Tampa Bay Lightning when they went 62, 14, and 2. They get swept by the eight seed in the first round. So Obviously, we're gonna we gotta you know hesitate to to really look ahead, but I do think that this is going to be a team that's going to make some noise in the playoffs. But uh, let's move into some player milestones, Justin. Let's talk about Eric Carlson. I mean, first defenseman, I think sixth all time or sixth defenseman ever to score 100 points. First time in our lifetime since 1992. Brian Leech, 100 yeah. points. And you know what's so impressive is this guy's doing it on a team that's trying to tank. You know, they're yeah. not trying no. to be good.
0: It's crazy. Did has the San Jose Sharks? solve the hacking in terms of a fan base do you just hey let's go let's go get a hundred point defenseman nobody's gonna say a word about us tanking and we'll sit here and possibly get bedard i mean eric carlson 64 points five on five who do you who do you think's first in league maybe mcdavid you would think no eric carlson leads the league five on five points as a d-man unbelievable season most primary assists uh, he's 32 years old crew Hyde's 32 years old I mean like I said the team he's doing on you would think that he's doing it with a mcdavid or with a with a passionac on boss as we mentioned but he's just creating offense on his own it's unbelievable
1: yeah you know what and it's it, it's like we we forgot about Eric Carlson because of the injuries that he had you know I think he was dealing with a foot injury you know when he went over from uh, Ottawa and signed the big deal in, in in San Jose and you know he just wasn't healthy now that he's fully healthy it's like you know, I don't think that that guy's going to be sticking around there. If you're looking at, if you're San Jose and you're in the point uh, of, you know, your, your rebuild. Man, you got to get rid of this guy, and, and obviously, teams couldn't do it this year. Uh, you know, with the uh, what's he make 11 6 or 11 5. Um, but I think yep. if you can get them to retain some money, I think that teams are going to be chomping at the bit to get Eric Carlson next year because I mean, you have to think he's got some runway left. You, like you said, at 32 years old, he's got a he's got four or five years left where he could be a really dominant player. And man, he would have been fun to see in Edmonton. I know that rumor was floating around yeah. a trade deadline. Can you imagine?
0: Yeah. Unbelievable, and you know what, like. It, I'm, I'm hesitant. I think he's going to be moved 100%. I'm hesitant to know where. Um, it's not very often. We're talking about a 32-year-old, 11.5 million. The kicker being, it's not his last year on the deal. He still has time left. Yeah. And that's going to be tough to do with uh, retaining cap. San Jose's tanking, for sure. But if you it, it, you don't want to retain cap for three more years of a guy, because you're going to want to start your, your signing process, your rebuilding. But I mean, Um, it's going to be tough to see what teams, I mean, the teams with cap space right now for projected Sabres, Coyotes, Ducks, Red Wings. I mean, maybe Sabres and Red Wings, are maybe teams that like think that this could be something that pushes them into that wildcard spot. Uh, it's not going the Ducks and and Coyotes, obviously, but like teams are going to have trouble uh, finding cap or they're going to have to make a major move, uh, uh, to open it up for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see how many teams are willing to pay a 32 year old. And, um, I love Eric Carlson, nothing against him. 32 years old, 100 points, uh, a phenomenal season. But it's not a secret the game he plays. He's not the best defensive player. He is very offensive. So I'm very interested. Like I said, I think it's going to be an interesting move to see what teams make room for that, yeah. No, absolutely. A few more milestones, Justin. Yep. So I was at the game,
1: Claude Giroux, 1,000 points, Amazing milestone for a guy. I mean, he, he's just kind of flies under the radar. It's been unfortunate because he hasn't really gone on on major cup runs in, in Philadelphia and now in Ottawa. And Joe Pavelski, another guy who, you know, just a, a phenomenal career, thousand points, do it on the same night. It's awesome. You know, huge milestones for those two. And then Sidney Crosby, 1,500 points. Just, just three, just staples in the league for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And, Man, I think Sid, like with the McDavid takeover of the league, people kind of overlook. Man, this guy's still playing at a high level, and unfortunately, they just they completely shit the bed against um, the yeah. uh, Chicago Blackhawks the other night at home. They're eliminated, but uh, but Sidney Crosby, Claude Giroux, and Joe Pavelski, they've still they've all still got some game, and and uh, you know I think that uh, Giroux could play uh, a, a pivotal role for the Ottawa Senators moving forward if they're going to be a playoff team. And but you know what? What do you think about those guys? And uh, I mean, huge milestones for sure.
0: Yeah, not much. am to just say, like you said, th- these are guys that I grew up watching uh, uh, play the game and, and have success, both regular season and playoffs, uh, points, um, like Giroux, love Giroux, um, <clears throat> always watched him on the Olympics, Canadian guy, and, and, and had a lot of success there, he was an absolute stud in Philadelphia, um, plays both ends of the ice, phenomenal, he's crazy on the dot, uh, much like Sidney Crosby, so uh, yeah, those are stats that you love to see, I mean, those are guys that on the back nine of their career, obviously no secret about it, and you just want them to have success at this point. You know what I mean? Like any success they could find, you want them to have it. And, and it's pretty amazing. And um, hey, people are going to think I'm an Oilers fan. I'm not an Oilers fan. I'm a Sabres fan, but keep bringing up McDavid. I almost fell off the couch when I heard this stat. I, I, I love, so I don't want to bring him down at all with this stat, but he gets his point, 90th point of the season. And they say this, ready? Sidney Crosby now ties for the most 90-point season among active players at seven. With Connor McDavid. The guys played eight <laughs> seasons. 20 seasons versus eight. Sid's been hurt. Again, I, I love Sid. Sid's yep. my my goat. So, that's the... Uh, you can't, don't say those stats. That's Let's sit stupid. at this moment. I don't want to hear that stat. That is, that is
1: stupid. insane. It's unbelievable. And what is he... He's almost at 800 points. Or is he past 800
0: points, McDavid? Like, it's just... It's uh, unbelievable. Greg, the only season he didn't hit 90? Rookie year. He only played 43 games. He got hurt. He had 48 points in 43 games. (laughs) He would have won eight for eight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But... Um, no, the so. Sidney Crosby again, Crosby, Povolsky drew Povolsky. That's the last thing to add. You see the, the tipping goal was the way he did it. And that's it's unbelievable. Phenomenal. That, yeah. Phenomenal. You hear the yeah, hours yeah. too. He
1: puts <laughs> in in practice, just standing up front. You always hear yeah. how great of a, uh, you know, of a tipper he is, but yeah. no awesome night for sure for those guys. But uh, you know what? We're looking ahead to the playoffs because Monday night is going to be massive. We got round yeah. one of the Stanley cup playoffs. We talk about it. It's, it's the most exciting time. It's the biggest change of professional sports from regular season to postseason. the game game changes. Yep. It's hard hitting, there's not much ice. It's so exciting. I'm I'm just beyond excited for it, but we do have some meaningful games tonight. So Carolina and New yep. Jersey are still battling it out for the number 1 spot in the Metropolitan, which will have huge implications. One team's going to play the Rangers, one team's going to play either the Panthers or the Islanders. So, I mean, in my opinion, you want to take you want to win that number 1 spot. So tonight we've 100%. got The Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Florida Panthers, but the Panthers need to win that game as well because they want to have that. uh, They want to play that number two seed. They don't want to play the Bruins. So, uh, and the Devils will play uh, the the Capitals. So we do have some meaningful hockey tonight. Um, And then Dallas and Colorado are battling it out for the number one spot in the Central. I mean, there's still some there's still some jockeying left. I mean, I'm not sure if there's any series set in stone yet in the Western Conference, Justin. So uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to break down the playoff picture we're gonna come down maybe we'll leave we'll, we'll release a, a brief episode this weekend just kind of breaking down the series and, and kind of giving some projections but uh, let's talk about some some disappointments I I know I didn't have this in the outline Justin but just kind of you know you yep. know just from the you know you' you're, you're you know you're out sorry I'm, I'm stumbling on my words here but you know <laughs> let's let, let's just take a holistically with the uh, view of the NHL and look at some teams that have missed. Like who are some big disappointments? I'll start things off. The Vancouver Canucks. You know, what yep. a shit show of a season. You, start, you signed JT Miller to a huge year. You signed Quinn Hughes. Um, you know, you you signed Elias Petterson. You think that you've got your pieces. Bo Horvat's looking, you know, like he's going to have a career year scoring all those goals at the beginning of the season. Brock Besser, you hope's going to, you know, come back after a, a bad year. Thatcher Demko is a phenomenal goaltender and you just completely shit the bed. Um, you yep. know, that's a huge disappointment in my mind. Any, any jump off the page to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, two in the East that I'm a little bit hesitant on. Again, the East is so loaded. It's unbelievable. I mean, you could have a good season and not make playoffs. I lean to uh, the Red Wings uh, and obviously Washington. Obviously, Washington for me is more Ovechkin. He had a great season. Uh, You always want to see those guys in the playoffs. Same thing could be said for Sid. Red Wings, I thought they made great moves. I I was high on the Red Wings going into the season. I thought uh, Yazeman put that team in a good situation to maybe sneak in that wild card. And for me, I'm not disappointed with their season in the sense that they didn't make it, but they weren't two in it for most of the year, if at all, like that's the one thing I had trouble with, but the number one team um, is Calgary flames, Calgary flames missing the playoffs. They were uh first place in the division last year. Um, they, they, they had, they weren't able to get into that playoff spot. Recording a, progress. A push. But um, I just feel like the Calgary flames need to need to be in a spot where they were a contender with that trade they made with the Kachuk situation. But I mean, to miss playoffs with with the, the cap they're spending, the guys they're paying. And again, just that move. It was such a big move. And, and and you could have gotten a lot of future pieces in that Kachuk trade, but he opted to be a contender still. Uh, just a situation where it, missing the playoffs, that's, that's a big miss for that Calgary fan base for sure.
1: I mean, we got to talk about it too. I mean, that Nick Ritchie, that Nick, having Nick Ritchie <laughs> in the shootout, like, I'm sorry, man. But like, even like, I think if you look around that fan base and you look around that team even in the, in the dressing room afterwards, so, so we'll throw it back. So they're playing the national predators. The winner will stays alive. And unfortunately, you know, both teams are going to miss, but you know, in the shootout, Jonathan Huberto goes down and scores. The next three guys miss the season on the line. You throw out Nick Richie. I mean, I could not believe it. And you, with all the talent on the bench with Lindholm home and, and Toffoli, it, it, I mean, I think Daryl Sutter is going to be done, but it. uh, it's unfortunate. You're right. I mean, that's a team that uh, that should be in the playoffs because they're built for the playoffs. I mean, that roster is a gritty roster. They can uh you know play those tight games and I think yeah, just just Markstrom and, and Huberto obviously having just a really off year as well. It just uh it yeah. didn't work out for them, but but like I said, Justin and I will get together. We'll uh we'll we'll do up our predictions once we get these things set in stone after tonight. Uh but NHL playoffs are here, man, and and uh you know, it's one of the best times of year for sure.
0: Mhm. Big time. Big time.
1: Quarter two, NBA, and unfortunately, this is what happens. You know, especially too when you're when you're new. Uh, we'll get into the quarter quarter two here. I I forgot to start the record on the Zoom, so I'm gonna play around with it for the first 15 minutes of the uh, of the YouTube video. We're gonna just we're gonna have some. We're just gonna have Justin's picture, and then it'll kick into his video here once we get into quarter two. Uh, but NBA action, man! It's uh, the playoffs are here, and I mean we'll get into the play and talk, but we got to talk about Rudy Gobert and the Kyle Anderson situation. I mean. Rudy Gobert, so they're obviously they're, they're disappointed <laughs> at each other. You know, Kyle Anderson I think Melts like you've got to block some shots. Rudy Gobert kind of shoves him. I think it was a little bit you know brought out of proportion in regards to like he didn't punch him in the face. It was a shove. Yeah, yeah. But Rudy yeah. Gobert backsteps into the crowd. What a coward move! If you're going <laughs> to shove someone, get in his face, man. Anyway, you hate to see it from two teammates. Obviously, a lot of dysfunction there in, in Minnesota. But what do you think of that whole situation?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. NBA it's like it's you see these every once in a while on the sidelines it's like what could what could be going on there other than maybe a little bit of ego stuff or what have you but um to throw the punch at the teammate he said it afterwards obviously like you said it maybe was a little bit out of proportion he said afterwards obviously I know I can't be doing that on the sidelines and stuff like that and it's my teammate, so um he was forgiving got heated in the moment but to go that far was was crazy I mean for me it was like they're going into the, the playing game here. They suspend Gobert for one game for the playing game. McDaniels goes into the tunnel, punches the wall and in his hand. He's out for the playing game. <laughs> Minnesota, I don't know what you think of the, this Minnesota curse that I, I hear sometimes with my buddies and stuff. They've won one championship for all those four teams. This is going on as you're about to go into playing game. Timberwolves, man, they got to figure it out when you're going into situations like that. That is tough to see.
1: And so, so we, we fast forward. We'll talk about what you think about the play-in games after we talk about the results. But they're playing the Lakers in the first play-in game. Yep. And... Anthony Davis fouls Mike Connolly at the end of the game. Maybe the one of the most bonehead fouls. Mike Connolly goes and makes all three shots. They go to overtime ended up losing. So, I mean, yeah, you look around that Minnesota, uh, those franchises. I mean, the Wild have had opportunities. I mean, we're really looking the Vikings. I mean, they have had the biggest yeah. choke jobs come playoff yeah. timeout. I, you know, I can see that curse. Um, I mean, the Twins might have a, an opportunity this year, uh, depending yep. on how their season goes in, in the Central. But, uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, they're going to have an opportunity. They're going to take on the, the Chicago Bulls. To, to get into that playoff spot but I mean if, if that that curse is is, is is I I hadn't heard that before but I, I'm, seeing, I'm starting to see a lot of logic behind that I mean these teams just find ways to choke
0: and that's the thing it's find ways it's like I mean we could talk about how many teams just don't get it done this is you see some situations I'm an Eagles fan and watching miss field goals and stuff like that when when the Bears miss against the Eagles that just brought up more conversation of the Vikings kicks that have missed to cost them. The like Vikings fans are sitting there like, man, we got it worse. Like that That's a tough fan base to have to be a part of choking it like that rather than just losing in a good-fought game, man. So, Absolutely. yeah, funny to see.
1: So the Lakers will go on to play Memphis. Uh, Atlanta ends up beating Miami. They'll go on and take on the Celtics. Uh, so last night, the Raptors. So, I mean, obviously the Raptors are on the TV. They're up 19 points. You're feeling pretty good about it. And then all of a sudden, like, they just can't hit a free throw. They were 18 for 36 from the line. And you got DeMar DeRozan's daughter screaming. I, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I, I guess the boy, like, Pascal Siakam was getting interviewed after the game. and They couldn't really hear her. And obviously, it went viral. I mean, that I mean, we see fans all the time, you know, trying to distract people that are at the, uh, the charity strip. But, I mean, what do you think about DeMar DeRozan's daughter? And what a comeback by the Chicago Bulls to beat the Raptors, man.
0: So I'm a, I'm a Raps fan. Uh, tough to watch. Um, in terms of DeRozan's uh, daughter yelling at the free throw line. I don't know if it's because again, being a Raps fan, I, I do like DeRozan. He's, he's a, he's a light all time Raptor. I kind of liked it. I mean, it's a, his daughter's getting into the game. Good for her. I mean, getting fired up. DeRozan was able to have a laugh about it after he said he heard someone screaming during the game. <laughs> someone then told him it was his daughter and he's like, is she, is she okay? And he's <laughs> laughing about after how uh, he loved that she was in the game. I mean, She's she she's a fan in the stadium just like anyone else. So, I mean, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much the Raps players uh, that did affect them, um, but I mean, hey, that's what that's what sports are about, right? So I think that's kind of funny. But uh, on the Raps losing, I mean, you're up by double digits. It's it's tough because being being a fan and trying to be realistic, it, it, it's. Tough to sit here and say that I believe Van Vliet and Siakam being your one and two in the in today's NBA is something that would have or should have won for us. Um, I mean, obviously, when you're up by double digits, you, you would like to see you finish out that game, but I just never thought we had the depth, so I, I wasn't expecting too much going into the playoffs. I think we have the opportunity to build a little bit uh, and maybe have to restructure and, and and kind of remap out how this, this uh, Raptors team is going to be, because it still feels like we're hanging by a thread on that championship team and trying to kind of survive and be at that borderline playoff team when current sportsmen you got you got to rebuild you got to go into the draft and you and you got to get those superstars and stuff like that so Nobody wants to tank, but it kind of seems like that's what the Raps are headed for, so.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we look back to the trade deadline, you know, they're right on the fringe of the playing games. You got an opportunity to maybe get, like, a lot of interest around OG Ananobi, a lot of interest around Fred, you know, two guys, who, you know, who might leave, and, and they decide to buy. They go and get Pirtle, and, you know, was that worth it? Um, you know, it's, you know, with, especially, too, with there's a lot of talent at the top end of this draft. I mean, who knows? And like you said, they've kind of been hanging on. I mean, they think that they're one piece away from being a competitive team in the yeah. East, but you know, we look at those top juggernauts in the east like are they really even that close it's just it's interesting but you know i do have a lot of faith in Masai Jury i mean this guy he's a machine he's willing to to you know, to pull yep. some strings. I mean, we saw it with the Kawhi deal, and you know, obviously they were hopeful with Giannis after you know before he signed the big deal in Milwaukee to maybe uh, you know bring him into Toronto. But uh, I think Nick Nurse is gone. I don't think Nick Nurse is going to stick around. I mean, he made some comments pre playoffs. Uh, it sounds like he's got some interest in that Houston, uh, the Houston Rockets uh, position that that's just uh, uh, opened up. So uh, I'm hearing that uh, Ime Udoka uh, could come in, the guy who uh, was was sneaking around uh, with the women in the in the, <laughs> the Boston Celtics organization. So. Uh, It'd be interesting to see there could be some big changes coming to the toronto raptors but obviously when you're up 19 you got to close out that
0: game man got yeah, to yeah and you know what nick nurse obviously uh never going to be forgotten for the raptors winning that championship but uh oh shocking maybe i'll go check out a state no state tax uh place to go coach from now on and get out of toronto while the team's going down but good for him <laughs> like i said i'm always going to be a fan i was going to be a fan he was great in toronto won us a championship Um, I mean, again, he's he's shown that he could coach the top players to a championship. Like I said, the Raptors the next few years aren't going to be that. So I, 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 that makes sense to me that he's going to head out.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um. Obviously, it was just such a surprise when they fired Dwayne Casey after being the yeah. coach of the year. I mean, what a wild situation that was. But no, it's been a good run for uh, for Nick Nurse. But uh, the yep. final playing game, I guess not the final playing game, the final 9 10 seed game that will go against uh, the teams that lost. So uh, Miami will go on to play uh, the. Sorry. Yeah, Miami will play uh, Chicago. And yep. Uh, yep, and then uh, now OKC played New Orleans. Now OKC will go on to play Minnesota. So OKC ends up winning Lou Dort and Shea Gilgers-Alexander, two Canadians for OKC. Just absolutely balling, man. Incredible season yep. uh, for OKC. That is a team that uh, that could make some serious noise next year. I mean, you, you think that their second overall pick, Chet Holmgren. Didn't even play this year. And you got Shy playing at the you know at the at the level he is. You got Josh Giddy getting better. I mean, Lou Dort's just awesome on both sides of the court. I like this team. i obviously don't think this is going to be the season that didn't make any noise. But that was an awesome win last night. And I mean, New Orleans Pelicans fans have to be shaking their head because I mean this is a team when they had Zion it was a team that was looking really very, very scary. But uh, no awesome win last night. Did you catch any of those highlights, Justin?
0: Absolutely. I mean, number three, Josh Giddy. Sixth overall pick 31, nine and 10. Are you kidding me? This team SGA is him. Josh Giddy is him. I, I'm rooting for these guys to make noise in the playoffs. This would be electric. This team. What? Rebuilded two years ago from, uh, they had what Westbrook Durant obviously left. Um, and uh, Paul George was the one they traded away for all those picks. And they just got young talent after young talent. It's fun to watch. I mean, this is a, this is what you need. The NBA, we, we see the super teams. We know the top teams always are the ones that usually cruise through the playoffs. Nah, like this is the T like this would be so electric to see some NBA playoffs with a team uh, that's young and low in the standings to just ruin some hopes and dreams of some of these top teams. that have just been cruising. So um, like you said, I'm, this next few years, this is going to be a team that's fun. I, I hope nothing changes, and I hope they just keep getting better. That'd be electric.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that stadium too is so sick to watch. I think they white out the uh, the the crowd, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I mean, I think back yep. to the to the Westbrook Durant years. I mean. Just unbelievable. Um, but uh, but yeah, New Orleans, I mean, Zion Williamson, I mean, this dude, what's he played like a year and a half out of his you know four years in the NBA? He's just been so injury riddled. But when he plays, he's such a monster. Like, I don't know if you can label him a bust because he's been so great when he's played. But I mean, what does this guy need to do, Justin? I mean, this guy, like, does he need to you know, focus on his weight? Does he need to shed like 50 pounds? Like, I'm just, I'm so mind blown by the fact that these guys have access to the top tier medical professionals trainers everything and he can't stay healthy like there's got to be someone in that organization or in that league that can sit down with him put him on a diet plan get his fitness up like call in tom brady get him on the tb12 method like what is going on with this guy
0: man i think you hit it on the head i mean at what point do you start to feel feel bad for him it's like he's only played a third of the possible games in his career so far and Talk about feeling bad the Pelicans fan base man date Anthony Davis leaves you get absolutely gifted this pick with Zion Williamson that was the hype around that draft was unreal and you end up winning it and he can't get into games and when he does get into games he doesn't make it easier for you because he plays unbelievable I think you said hit on the head I don't I don't know I mean I I don't know if you make a drastic change in in his body comp because like you said. Um, You got to think that maybe less weight would help. But then again, he was so, do- he's so dominant with that weight. You know what I mean? Like, does that change his ability to rebound, uh, his ability to to use his body? I mean, teams were saying when he was healthy that it's like playing football against the guy. So you got to, you got to weigh that, like, you got to weigh those two options. Like, do you want him on the court? Or do you want him, like he said, being Zion? And he got a lot of the heat for saying, I- I'm healthy, but I- I'm waiting until be- I- I'm Zion. Like, as an athlete and, and, and like the way athletes uh, talk and think and, and play the game, when he's when he's saying he's healthy but he's not zion i don't think that's him saying like i want to sit out until i'm the best player in the league like not feeling like you and not trusting your body is a dangerous thing to do when you're playing at the high level like i'm not i'm not standing up for players sitting out at all you don't like to see that but if he went out there and he wasn't feeling confident in his in his knee ankle whatever it is at the time it, it could just cause way more injuries. so i mean i get what he's saying Um, I feel for him. I feel for the Pelicans fan base. And all you can really say is you hope it's something that's not an issue long-term because you'd love to see that career uh, take off to what it would have been for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm crossing my fingers just not only for the, for the fans down there, but for Zion, because he does seem like a good guy. And I mean, you have to think too, this guy's the spot that's been on Zion on social media. I mean, I remember him throwing footballs (laughs) when he was in high school. Like it was just like, this kid is a freak of nature. So yeah, hopefully Mm. he can get things figured out, man. I think that that would be good for the game. It's just, you know, he, is a superstar, but, uh, all right, let's look at the playoff picture here. Let's just go through. So, obviously, on Friday night, we're going to have the Bulls Heat and uh, the Thunder Timberwolves. Any feeling on, on which way those games are going to lean? Um, I mean, the uh, the Heat and Timberwolves are big favorites. Obviously, those are the top seeds that lost in the first play-in game. Actually, you know what? First, before we get into the predictions, Justin, how do you feel about this whole play-in situation? Are you a fan of it? Are you Do you think, you know, obviously, the NBA is doing it for, you know, extended TV revenue and, and, and all of the, you know, just extra game revenue, but how do you feel about the, uh, the play in system?
0: Ah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't love it. I mean, I, it's not something that I, I, I think should be removed or I don't have that kind of feeling towards it, but, um, it's not my favorite. I think this whole vibe they were trying to look for of earlier playoff action and extra playoff action, um, I don't necessarily think it was needed because I feel like what you rem- what you tried to gain in terms of hey, we have more playoff games like that that kind of intensity that uh, purposeful games. Yes, you put that in place, but you just all you did was remove the regular season finish of needing to make the 8th seed and those kind of playoff intensity games. So it's like now you're playing games that kind of seem a little Mickey mouse in terms of making playoffs, being a 10 seed making playoffs kind of just doesn't seem right. Uh, so for me, I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't think it's a, it's necessary. And like I said, I think you're getting those games because you need to make the playoffs. Um, so that part I don't love, but um like I said, in terms of getting playoff action going, I don't think it's it's the worst thing ever done. So I don't think it's something that is uh, is god awful. But I mean, what, what? Yeah, you. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not like a, I'm like you. I'm
1: not like a guy that's like this needs to leave. Like, but like I'm like I've watched these teams for 82 games. We know exactly what they are. We know that they're a team that's battling in. Could they make noise? Could they have a, new ups- a huge upset in the first round? Maybe. But you know, we're just kind of really just pushing on the inevitable. Like I, you know, it's it's just it just seems a little forced in my opinion. I don't love it, yeah. um, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you're gonna have an eighty-two team season, let's just go one through eight and let's just get things going. Like let's everyone it's just kind of delaying the start of uh of the of the playoffs. But um but yeah, let's talk about it here. So we've got the bulls heat. I mean, I I think the Heat should win that game. I think that the deeper team, Justin. uh, But how do you feel about that one? I mean, the Heat Heat five-and-a-half-point favorites, I mean, they're going to go on and take on the Milwaukee Bucks. whoever wins that game. So uh, I I think it's just, you know, you're just, you're, 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 I don't don't even know, you know, how much of a, how much, playing for what, five, five, six extra games, maybe even four? Yeah,
0: Yeah, um, definitely not a uh, desirable uh, situation for whoever wins this game. I, I lean bulls. I don't love it. I don't honestly leaning either way. doesn't really make sense to me, but I mean, if you had to pick a side, um, bulls to me as an underdog on the road, they just had to come back against the Raptors. I, I mean, it feels like the heat have been dealing with injuries all year. I think Butler and Lowry are still listed. just always as injuries. Um, but, I mean, it seems like this Bulls team should have been better than they were this year. I mean, you can say the same for the Heat, but for me, this Bulls team has talent. I liked Levine. Uh, Jarosin's got experience, and Vucevic is a monster. Vucevic is not an, a problem on this team. So, I'm going to lean Bulls. Um, I know it, that's not what the the Vegas or whatever is saying, but uh, I'm going to take Bulls. I, I, I the Heat haven't showed me anything to believe in, and like I said, the Bulls haven't either. But I think they're 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 three they're three dogs there. Um, are, I'm gonna ride with them to see if they could take it out on this game for sure.
1: I like it. I like it. And yeah, let's yeah. move to OKC Minnesota. I mean, do we do we go against our Canadian guys and Lou Dort and Shea, or do we just say that these guys are gonna? That, I mean, the dysfunction in, in Minnesota has been evident. Are we gonna are we gonna ride OKC? You know
0: what? We're talking about an eighth seed playing game. It's not enough on the line not to. This team is electric. This team is electric. I will not be shocked if they blow Minnesota out. Who who's gonna want it more? Who who's gonna want it more and who's gonna be more dialed? They're punching each other and walls in Minnesota. And this 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 SGA giddy treat duo right now is absolutely firing at all cylinders. This game could be done at half, and that's what I hope. I want to see the Canadians. I wanna see SGA absolutely ruined hopes and dreams in the playoffs that would be unbelievable to see
1: oh absolutely um okay let's just go quickly here so we've got we do have some series set in stone here so we got six series let's go e- let's go through each of them here Justin just quickly and we'll talk about prediction winner and how many games starting things off Brooklyn Nets Philadelphia 76ers who you got Brooklyn
0: Nets 76ers. 76ers and four. I don't think it's going to be close. I like it. Uh, I I I don't think that Nets have the the ability to hang with them. I think 76ers are too deep, too strong, too too much star-studded ability. Things to be quick and easy. What do you think? I'll
1: go 76ers and five. I'll say Brooklyn takes one on the road at uh, or sorry at home. Um, you know somebody gets hot. Spencer Dinwiddie puts up a massive game, or yep. you know, so yep. I'll, I'll just go just to kind of give me a little leeway. But both of us think that's going to be a quick series. Okay, Atlanta Hawks, Boston Celtics. Might be actually a longer series than people might think here.
0: This series to me. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that that's what I had. I think it's going to be surprising. Um, Boston's going to win. Uh, I, I'm going to take Boston to win this series. I do think this series could go six. Um, the track record in the NBA for, for first round top seats going distance isn't great, but this Hawks team played nine players in their playing game. Seven of which got double digits, and the eighth player, Capella, who he didn't get double digits, had twenty one rebounds. That is a deep team that has a lot of guys clicking. Um my prediction is maybe they still game one, maybe they take one in Atlanta. Um, but then I just like I said, NBA talent, top teams, I'm gonna go Boston in uh, six games.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I'm feeling the exact same thing. I'll take yep. Boston in six yep. as well, Justin. Um, you'd have to think, too. I don't really know. I mean, Rob Williams isn't the biggest center. Al Horford, like, how are they going to deal with uh, with, yep. with Compella down low? And uh, they get some size there. And the Joint De Murray and Trey Young, you never know what those guys, those guys can score. So uh, it's going to be an yep. exciting one, I think. That's, there's going to be some high-scoring belts in that, I can imagine. But, uh, no, we'll go Celtics in six in that one. We've got the Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. Um, I'll start things off. I'm going Cleveland Cavaliers in five. I think they make quick work. Uh, I think they're the better team. They're the deeper team. Um, and I think the Knicks, I mean, I think they're just a, they're a bit of a pretender in this series. I like the, uh, the Cavaliers in five.
0: You know what? I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that at all. And I think you might be right here for the sake of having a little bit of a uh, uh, competition for a record here. I'm going to go Knicks. Yeah, I'm going to go Knicks in seven. I'm going to make this one a little bit spicier. Um, they won the season series three to one against the Cavs, but okay. I don't think they they're the better team, but why I'm going to take Nixon seven. Sometimes in sports, you have a team's number for whatever reason you have a team's number. I might be sitting here <laughs> in a few weeks and it's, Cavs, it's Cavs in four five or six. So I don't disagree with you a ton, but I am going to go Nixon seven and, uh, Hey, we got a little head to head in that one. So I we'll love see. it. I love it. Warriors,
1: Kings, I mean, this is, I mean, we got the Sacramento Kings who were in the playoffs. They ended the drought. Can they, can they, you know, overcome the defending champions? I'll go, uh, I'll go the Warriors in six. I do think they take a couple games, but I'm taking the Warriors. It's going to be hard to bet against Steph, Clay, Draymond. I'm hoping Andrew Wiggins is back. I haven't heard much about that whole situation, uh, but I'll go Warriors in six.
0: Yeah. uh, As far as I know, Wiggins is coming back. Um, I'm going to go Warriors in five. Okay. I don't like it. It kind of feels weird to me that the Knicks, uh, the Kings, sorry, are three seed, and uh, and uh, I'm feeling like Golden State Warriors in five. Um, Golden State hasn't been good on the road, but they did win the season series three to one. I think I said on the last podcast I don't like the Kings at all, so I'm not backing down from that. <laughs> I think they are a little bit of frauds. They yeah. can score the bucket, though. I think this series, for fans, for neutral fans at least, this is going to be a series that's going to be fun to tune into. I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring uh, on both sides and you get to see Curry, Clay, uh, uh Darren Fox, uh Sabonis as a dog. So I think this is going to be a fun series. I'm going to go I'm going to go Golden State in 5. I like it. I like it. All right, we got two other
1: series set in stone. Uh we got the Lakers Grizzlies. Obviously, the, no. we know the Grizzlies have had a great year, second seed in the West. The Lakers kind of starting to come on as of late. Uh, Anthony Davis is playing better. LeBron James is not looking his age; he's been playing better. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm such a, I'm a big LeBron James fan. I'm just, I appreciate what he's done. Uh, but I'm going to take the Grizzlies in this one, man. They play such a great team game. John Morant looked good as he's come back after you know flashing the guns around. I'll go Memphis in six.
0: I, I, so. I think we're in the same mindset. I'm going Lakers in seven because I just don't know where Moran's at. I mean, he he hasn't been good in his his last few games coming back. I mean, he's he's been star player, but he hasn't been uh, 30 a night, 10 assists and all that. Um, so I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I also fully am aware that it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis that probably is making me a little bit more biased. But you know what? I'm okay making LeBron prediction, taking LeBron's side in predictions until he's out of the league. It just, it fate, Destiny's been on that side throughout his career. So I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I do have the fear that this this could look bad later on, though. But I'm gonna go Lakers and seven. Yeah. I like
1: it. I mean, it's I I mean I could look bad for for betting against LeBron, but that's all right. <laughs> and now we've got probably the most electric first round series with the Clippers and Suns. I mean, this is gonna be an unbelievable series. Uh, probably you know I, I mean I, I don't know what the health's looking like on the Clippers um, right now. Paul George is out. Okay, yeah. So I mean you're looking at uh, Kawhi looking doing doing most of the heavy lifting right now. Uh, I'll go Suns. I'll go Suns. I'll go Suns and five. I don't know if the Clippers can hang with them. I'll go Suns and five here. What do you think?
0: I think we're on the same side here. I, I had Suns and five uh, coming into this. Um, I think that it's going to be a series that Paul George being hurt kind of is the narrative. And I think that's what's going to show. Uh, Suns have everything they need. I mean, they, they're a team that's built to go way more than round one. Um I will say it's a little unfortunate that he's hurt. I know he's gonna he's gonna play in this series. Obviously, I don't know that he's one hundred percent. If Paul George played this series one hundred percent, this would honestly be a finals preview of a series. Like both of these teams could could be NBA uh, champions if both teams are fully healthy. Obviously, that's the nature of the beast playing sports. So I'm gonna take Suns at five. But um, you know what? Durant hasn't played a ton of games with them. They haven't had a ton ton of games to get that chemistry up. Um, but I still think that the injury to Paul George is the reason that we're going to see um, them, them be able to do uh, have success despite that. So I'm going to go Suns at five like you did. Yeah,
1: I like it. I like it. So those are our, our first six series. Obviously, we've got two more to predict uh, as they're set in stone. Uh, but let's move over to the halftime show. Did you get a couple? Of would you rather ready to rock, Justin? Oh, yeah. I, did. I love oh, it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm going to start things off. All right. So, Justin, hypothetically, the Toronto Maple Leafs lose in the first round this year in the playoffs. Would you rather the Toronto Maple Leafs move on from Mitch Marner or move on
0: from Austin Matthews? So we're going to get right into the heat right away. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm throwing you in the fire. (laughs) I'm going to go with move on from Mitch Marner, and I know that this year he's in a phenomenal case uh, uh, for showing that. He's been unbelievable, and he's been very consistent. Um, the fact that Matthews with 40 goals is looked at as such a down year is why Eileen Matthews, this guy's ceiling, um, is phenomenal. He's still young in the league. He still has plenty of years to come. He's going to keep getting experience. He's going to score goals at a high clip, nonstop, um, sneaky stat, Austin Matthews leading forwards and block shots this year. So this wh- a little bit of a narrative of Mitch Marner, uh, being great on the PK, which she is, uh, and being reliable on both ends of the ice. Don't, don't think Matthews is a guy that's uh purely a goal scorer. I'm, I'm going to take Ma- Austin Matthews because of, uh, um, the, the potential to score 50, 60 goals a few more times in his career, and I think I think he's going to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind that pick either. Or that, that I mean, obviously, this is a very hypothetical, but even two, yeah. I think a centerman is, is a little bit more valuable than a winger. I mean, obviously, we know Marner might have 100 points. Is that sitting at 99? But, yeah, that's a tough pick, but I'm sure that question will arise if, if things uh, don't yeah. go well for the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in a week's time.
0: All right. I went back to you, NHL. Uh, all right. Yeah. Going into this playoffs, yep, all teams the same. Yep. Would you rather make David and McCarr on the same roster? Yep. Vasy or would you rather Dry Drysaital and Kucherov on the same roster? I'm giving you the goalie with with Jad and Cooch. Yeah. Or you get McDavid and McCarr on one roster together.
1: Yeah, I am I mean, uh, this might this might be a shocker to some people, but I'm going with the goalie, and I'm going with Cooch and, and, and Drysaddle. Just due to the fact that... I mean, we look at, uh, at Vasilevsky. He's been to three straight Stanley Cops. I mean, this guy is a freak of nature, and we know how important goaltending is down the stretch. And, uh, I mean, it, I mean, I guess you could, you could have a nice goaltender. I mean, McDavid and McCarr can will themselves through a playoff series, but, I mean... Kucherov, I mean who, who's they've got two they've got four cops compared to the one cup. So, I'll take yeah. experience and I'll take the goaltender, but that's a good question. I mean, gosh, uh, can you imagine if Makara and McDavid played <laughs> together? I mean, that would be stupid. Um unbelievable. All right. Justin, would you rather be the franchise to get Connor Medard or Victor Wembayama?
0: Ooh. I'm gonna go with the franchise to get Connor Bedard. It's close. The reason I'm gonna go Connor Bedard, which there's many. World Juniors destroyed and dominated the best on best talent international. Okay. In the lowest point that you could argue for Bedard's season that he's had this year is his team going out in round one. The reason I look at that as a skyrocket for his uh, draft stock and, and which there is none, it's one. This guy put up 20 points in seven games and they lost in seven. That tells me he took one of the worst teams in the league to the playoffs, brought them to seven and just absolutely lit up and they still couldn't win. He is not the reason he put them on his back. This guy is unbelievable. More junior goals than than McDavid, more points per game than McDavid. This guy is at a clip right now that, again, McDavid is ruining uh, the ability to appreciate other players because this kid sh- is, is generational, lifetime talent that is coming out into the draft. I mean, man, we, what a time. Like I said, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. What a time to be an NHL fan. McDavid and Bedard step into the league at the same time. Victor Wembeiana is a unicorn, and I got to show love to him. I saw a video the other day. He shot a three-point ball, and he put back, dunked it. After he missed, it didn't even look like he so, jumped I mean, for it. It just looked, it, it, yeah. This guy's stupid. Oh, stupid. Unbelievable. That that's that's a phenomenal one. I hope I hope neither a bus for sure. That's that's the one thing I'll say.
1: I think you made the right choice I, there, Justin, because yeah, I I think we've got more statistical analysis, more kind of film, more just information regarding Connor Bedard. I don't know if we have, like, I know we've got the, the the freakish kind of physical attributes that Victor has. I just, we just don't really know. I, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, yeah. I think, regarding, you know, health and, and just overall game. So, I mean, they're both going to be phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. They're both franchise changers. I think just we just, I think that Bedard is the safer freak of nature superstar.
0: Yep, for sure. All right. Take it a little bit different here. Put you, put yourself into the into the sports world here. Yep. Hey, here we got. <clears throat> would you rather, we're going to go golf, we're kind of getting into golf season, Masses just happened. Yep. At, at your own level of talent, would you rather be able to play the, f- the full four rounds at every major for the rest of your life, so, but no other golf? The only golf you play for the rest of your life is playing the four majors, but you get all four rounds the rest of your life. Or you play your normal golf, for the rest of your life. And you get that. You don't have to change the thing. You play whenever you want, whenever you can. But you can never watch the majors ever again in your life. So you're either playing on the majors, but you don't get to play outside that ever again. You get what? Uh, uh, four rounds four times a year? Or you get your normal life now, but you can't, you can't watch the majors. I'm stepping in and I'm pegging it at the majors because I am like I
1: all that that for me would be fun I'd be so I can I practice outside of playing in the majors we'll, we'll, we'll allow driving okay. range yeah we'll I'll go driving I'll go to the driving range I'll get I'll blister up the hands I'll put in the work I'll get out there and I'll shoot 120 in the majors <laughs> I will grit grind it but I, 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 I love watching golf too much and it's it's one of my yeah. favorite sports to watch, especially come major season. I wouldn't be able to... It's one of the things that fires me up to play golf, watching those guys yeah. hit shots, watching those guys just play phenomenally. That's what... I mean, watching the Masters, I think that every golf fan, every yeah. golfer watching the Masters is like, I got to get out there. I got to see where my yeah. game's at. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be playing in the majors. I mean, I couldn't stand not watching uh, because yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I am I almost want, love watching them as much as I love playing. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, that much of a, of a love of mine. But, I mean, we had very, very similar last would you rather so my would you rather justin is would you rather play augusta once or have lifetime tickets
0: (sighs) i'm gonna say honestly i'm gonna say it pretty confidently here i'm gonna take lifetime tickets and here's why i like watching augusta i like watching the masters if and when i go out there and shoot 220 on augusta I will not like Augusta and I might not like the masters. I am going to sit in that crowd yep. on my little chair and watch the best, play the best at the best place to play the best. I'm going to do that. I gonna. I love the masters Um, to be able to see it in person every year would be uh, unbelievable. Again, I, I, you would like to play Augusta, but to uh to get the tickets instead of shooting a 220 uh, uh, I'll, I'll i'll take that side what about you that's that's a tough one though
1: yeah i mean i'm going with with lifetime tickets i mean uh like you said i mean yeah. to play augusta wants obviously it's on the bucket list but it's not like it would be fun, but the fact that I love watching it and and every year it's just, it kind of kicks off golf season. It, it's the best golf course to watch. It's so traditional. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't be enjoyable. I mean, you would go out there and just your, your golf game would be just, you'd be all over the map, putting it in water. You'd be yep. losing golf balls. You'd be shooting, you know, who knows? I wish, I mean, yeah. I want to know what, like a, a what a, what was a, what a scratch handicap from your golf club, go out on Augusta national and shoot. Like, I don't think they're breaking 90, 95.
0: No, no, I, I don't think, I don't think so. I mean, especially on a one-time go of it. If you yeah. gave them maybe like two or three rounds in a weekend, I could see it. Yeah. Um, but man, that is, it, from everything, everything you hear, it's a different animal. I mean, all the major courses are. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's just such a big step, and and um, I could see it possibly like happening, but I wouldn't say that that's more likely. No, no chance. No, no. Is that yeah. all we got? All right. Oh, we got one more. I got, I got another one. Yeah, let's I got do another it. one. If fire, you want another one, yeah, fire it up. All right. Would you rather take a hit by pitch from prime or roll the Chapman? (laughs) He's clocking that thing over a hundred or you get your hockey gear on and you block a one T bomb from prime Ovechkin on the spot and you're PK in that soaking that puck. Oh
1: man. I'm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm taking the hockey puck just due to the fact that you got a bit more gear on. You might get lucky. It might hit you in a good part of the shin pad, and Chapman hitting you. I mean, I've been watching. I mean, how many guys? We got a guy last night who took out ninety-two to the face. He had Justin Turner in the preseason take one. I don't know if you saw Turner's face, but it was disgusting. Uh, so anyway, I'll I'll go I'll go with the uh, with the shot uh, by Ovechkin. But yeah, I mean either one. I mean you're you're dealing with some purple on 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 the skin, and and it's not going to be a pretty sight. But uh, no, that was good. That's our first halftime show, and I I mean I'm thinking about eight months. So that's good job. I know the listeners will be happy about that. Uh, but Justin, let's move into quarter through. We got some MLB to talk about, we, and I mean, how can you not talk about the Tampa Bay Rays? They're on an absolute heater—a 13-0 start that ties the best start in MLB history. It's just unbelievable what they're doing. I mean, I don't know where they bring these guys out of. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, Shane McClanahan is obviously a stud—that's the stud that we all know—but he hasn't even been the best pitcher. I mean, you got this Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen—they both haven't given up an earned run yet. They've just been incredible. You got Taj Bradley last night—a prospect gets called up. I mean. Everything is going right right now for the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: This Tampa Bay Rays run, um, to put it in perspective, is about hitting bombs and giving you nothing. This team, 70 plus 71 run differential, first, 92 runs scored, first, 26 runs against. that's first, OPS first, ERA first, barreled bats which is just a fancy word for bombs first in the league it's it's unbelievable it, this roster is exactly what you said uh Franco uh, 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 Rosari, uh, a yeah. uh, uh, like <laughs> these guys have just been there and now are absolutely popping off which they at least man this is gonna be electric this is awesome this is awesome and and you know what um, I bring this up because I want to say it for the Rays fan base, for the fans that are out there. This team has had uh, uh, nine home games, nine home games in their 13-0 run, nine home games. They are fourth last in, in fans in the stadium at home. Fourth last. Nine home games out of 13, they're fourth last. man. These, this Tampa Bay, I know the stadium. I think this, I've heard the stadium's not in the best spot. Um, but this, these guys need fans in the stadium. This run should be celebrated like crazy in Tampa. And and I know there's fans out there. That's why I bring it up. The fans out there got to be loving this. And and you just wish that they could be packing this stadium for these guys that are just going out there and and putting it all on the line and setting records because it's amazing what they're doing.
1: And you have to think too that. The trop is getting filled by some Red Sox fans because that's, I mean, yeah. Boston fans travel very well. So, I mean, you got to get some Rays fans in there. I mean, it's hard to believe that they don't, you know, get more fans because people love their hockey down there. People yeah, love their yeah. football down there. It's not like they're, they're without sports fans. It's not like Tampa Bay is a small market. So it's unfortunate, exactly. but they've been incredible. We had to bring them up. It's just insane. Yep. Uh, but we'll stay in the AL East as we always do. The Jays. I mean, I'm hoping to get there this summer because they have got some brand new stadium renovations. They've redid the outfield. It looks fantastic. Um, And I know that there's going to be more next summer. I was listening yesterday to uh, Shapiro, uh, who's the president, I think, of of Baseball Operations. But they're going to be redoing all of the facilities, all of the dressing rooms for home and away. Um, It's interesting. I mean, it's a very unique stadium. Obviously, Justin, I'm assuming that you've been there a few times uh, at the Dome. And obviously with the retractable roof, it's just a concrete block. It's, It's actually in an amazing location in Sharon. I mean, right downtown, yeah, you could throw a football yep. to the to the CN Tower. It's a very yep. odd. It's a very odd uh, stadium, but I mean, what would you think about the new look? I liked it with the beer kind of light up signs. It looked really yep. cool.
0: So, um, yeah, I've been I've been been a, a couple of games in that in that stadium, I've been a, a good amount, actually. And and it's first of all, where it's located, every team in, in pro sports, we be doing the same thing. It's a walking distance, like you said, from from the Leaf Stadium, uh, right across the street is BMO Field, where the MLS team plays and the CFL team plays. And literally front doors like this is like front doors are CN Tower front door and and the Rogers like they are right there. Uh, nice opening. The water's right there beautiful. Then they do the renovations, which the stadium was already in great condition or or one of the nicer stadiums I thought, and they just make it even better. And that's what Toronto does so well is they, they, they know their fans are coming and you know what? They, they, they're not afraid to put money in to make the experience great. What I think we should get into a little bit too. I want to touch on is, is the, the outfield wall. They put, they, they redid that outfield wall and they brought that thing in a little bit, and I, I went into it a little bit more. I wanted to read some some um, deeper stats on it. Uh, so what they did is they brought the, the field in from where the warning track became grass, right? So it's about 15 feet, or I want to say, um, and they brought it in. So already a home run friendly ballpark becomes even more. And the argument that they had was they raised the, the, the wall up four feet. So the whole wall used to be all the way around 10 feet. It's up 14 on the sides, which are in a lot more. And the middle is down to eight. So the middle is now down eight, brought in a bit. The, the walls are, corners are brought in a ton up four. I looked into it. The math on those walls being brought up four feet don't mean anything. Because where the ball trajectory goes in terms of distance at the fence, these balls are going to be yoked out of the yard in Toronto. And again, it's going to be electric to watch. Because now you get a ballpark that was second in home runs in the, uh, last year. And it just, they brought the fence in this Toronto, <laughs> these Toronto, the, the Toronto management, the Blue Jays know exactly what they're doing. Cause man, this is going to be electric to be uh, in that stadium. You got to get down there. Oh my goodness.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's certainly on the plans uh, for the Samurai. I caught a few games last year and I mean, too, it's just, they've got an electric roster. I mean, they've been fantastic. Uh, we look at the start. I mean, Vladdy's off to an, a fantastic start. He's itching to hit a bomb. I know they've only played two games there. I'm assuming that bomb is coming very soon. It's probably around plus 300 plus 350. So that's, I might sprinkle that tonight, but Matt Chapman, I mean, this guy is an, absolute form. He's sitting, what, four, over four fifty four seventy seven right now. It's just yep. incredible yep. what he's got the second best OPS in the league, I think, behind um, um, Red Sox, uh, Adam Duvall. I mean, he's just been fantastic. So, I mean, if you can kind of, if you can kind of get uh, Bichette heating up a little bit, I th- actually, he's been pretty good as well. So, I mean, I I do want to retract on my statement from our first episode together, Justin, because I was like, Jose Barrios is going to get off to a great start. He's going to pitch very well. You know, he's going to come in. He's got a nice, friendly start against Kansas City. Gets blown up by Kansas City. Comes out his second start. Gets blown up. I mean, this guy. I don't know what is going on with Jose Barrios. I mean, the Jays have had some bad luck with some signing some pitchers, but man, he has got gas canned through his first two starts. So man, they've got to get that pitching back on track. But I mean, they've been on a nice run. What they start yep. two and four. They've won six straight games, seven straight games. So the Jays yep. are right there. I mean, I mean, they've been. They would have had. They'd be looking very good if they just weren't chasing the, the, the uh, historic baseball team.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, like you, it's, it's a marathon we talked about before. They're eight and four right now. You can't be upset with eight and four through uh, uh, 12 games. And, and even more so they're eight and four with what you mentioned, some struggling pitching. Um, And that's something where if you could overcome that uh, and and not lose a, a record in terms of progression here through 12 games, like they're not sitting two and 10 and have to catch up a ton. Hey, you had some bad pitching. You still managed to go eight and four. This is, a, this is a team in a great spot. This, this, they're in no problem right now. Not not the time to hit the panic button for sure. Um, Bass, Bassett, we talked about, had a little bit of a slow start. Plays the Tigers today. Tigers don't hit well. I think he's going to be able to have a great game today. I think they'll win it. Um, I mean, again, they're playing at home against De- Detroit. But um, these are the games where Bassett could get his footing back because he's proven before, like we said, that he's going to be successful. I think a game like this is the perfect time to kind of get your footing and run with it. So, yeah. Um, like you said, it's going to be a tough division. We knew that. Uh, obviously, we'll monitor it as we keep going. But um, Jays in a good spot, I think, for sure. There's still, and still still room to improve. So that's all you could ask for.
1: Absolutely no. It's uh it's exciting time for for the AL East just in, the, in its entirety. I mean, it's it's going to be a fun year to follow. That uh, scary news. Uh, Larry Vanover. Uh, Larry Vanover, umpire. I mean, no. older gentleman. I, I was looking at like how old. Are, what do you think the median age of umpires across the league? I mean, it just seems I rarely see a guy who looks like he's 35 umping a baseball yeah. game. It seems like they're all old guy, but on a relay throw, he got hit in the, hit in the head, uh, left the game. So scary moment there. Hopefully, uh, I haven't seen any updates in regard to his health, but hopefully he's doing okay. Um, I wonder if if we're moving the direction of of the automated umpires i haven't heard much about it i know last year was kind of more on the forefront um but you know obviously a scary moment there and are you are you with me like does it seem like every ump is like 55 plus
0: <laughs> 100% i mean it it, it feels like the umps that are at least getting majority of the games are that age. I mean, yeah. yeah, like you said, you what sprinkle in a guy that looks like he's under 50, maybe, but no, you're hundred percent. Right. I mean, all the experienced guys that are getting the majority of the games, I feel like are definitely older one for sure. I mean, again, and that's the other thing is like, um, the guys obviously been around a long time. So he's going to be a great umpire, but to take a baseball to the head, that's a dangerous situation. And, and, Again, you just hope he's able to recover. But uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right for sure. It's
1: I'm actually surprised that. So he was kind of at the the second base here. Why aren't these guys wearing helmets? And I know that might sound soft, but if you're going to be in the field to play, I mean, it, like you know, get, get a helmet on and, and protect these guys. So I mean, it's uh it's yep. a scary moment there. So we're hoping everything's okay with Larry. Uh, just finally uh, in the MLB uh, rookie outfielder, first rookie to start his career off with. 12 straight games with a hit 1900. I'm sorry, 1900. So it's been over 120 years since this has happened. So Elfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals, incredible star for Jordan Walker. Uh, any surprises, Justin, for you, uh, through the first 10 games? I mean, obviously this sample size is extremely small, 10, 12 games in, uh, but anything, anything that you're uh, caught note of that might be surprising.
0: A little bit, but not a ton is the, uh, the AL West. Um, not because of the Angels or the Texans being the top two, more so the the Mariners and the Astros being uh, losing records. Um, I don't think the Angels are, like I said, crazy to be at the top. I do think that was that was something where, um, despite their struggles in re- recent years, they've actually become a better team, and they have two of the best plays in the league. But um, I know Altuve's hurt, and I know that would be a big argument for that. Obviously, got hurt in the World Baseball Championship Six and seven, still a little bit concerning. Like I said, with the Blue Jays, I mean, you could have some struggles and some issues, but you're eight and four, you're not a bad situation. This is a six and seven team, which um, he's a big part of. So I understand that. And then the Mariners, five and eight. Um, This is a team that I really liked uh, for their offseason moves and where they finished last season. So, um, like you said, extremely early. Uh, It it might be too early to uh, jump the gun, but the last team is the Cardinals and you just said it like they have a, they have good players. They have Goldie Beast. Uh, um, and, and a lot of experienced talent on that team. Um, I'm blanking on there. There's uh, another unbelievable glove in the middle <laughs> infield, but um, unbelievable roster. Like I said, and they're, they're sitting at five and seven in a division that isn't too. Uh, yep. um, they have Arenado, I mean, don't they? Ar- Arenado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah Arenado. Yeah. I mean, like these are guys that they're not out like Altuve in that situation. And, and, I just think their pitching is showing um, that it's not something that this is a slow start. And that that's why I bring them up at five and seven. Like, the bats aren't too big of an issue with the, the guys they have. But uh, the fact that this pitching can't help them get to a better record early in the season, I'm, I'm just, I'm worried it's not a slow start. And it's actually indicative of what this season might look like uh, for this Cardinals team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it is early, but you know what they say? It's like, you know a win now is just as important as a win, you know, come on, you know, come September. So, you know, you like to rack them in now. I mean, every game is worth uh, the same. So hopefully those teams can, can heat up, but, but uh, Justin, it's been a heater of an episode, but let's just kind of talk briefly in quarter four here. what did you think of the masters? Huge win for John Rahm. I don't know how much you caught on Sunday, but it was really exciting. Obviously being in Ottawa, we got the whole 30 holes. We were all hung over, just watching, just dialed into it. Um, I was scared to be honest with you, man. Because I've been vocal. I've kind of put my head out there. I'm not a huge live golf guy. I don't watch the live golf. I don't love the setup of it. I understand why the guys left. It's a lot of money. Uh, I hate disruption. I hate change, especially when it comes to my professional sports. Golf being very close to my heart. This new league being developed. And you got Phil right there. You got Brooks kept leading after two days. You got Patrick Reed making some noise. But just in its entirety, did you enjoy the Masters?
0: Greg, I got to ask you. Did you hate seeing Phil back in the action? The lefty? Did you hate it? I know again, Liv, I understand Liv, but Phil, lefty, Phil, that, that was vintage. And again, I I'm not I'm not I'm not against you there, but did you get that that little bit of that old school Phil? Do you know what I love from Phil?
1: Is after day two, he goes to the media and goes. I'm close to going on a tear. And what does he do? <laughs> he goes head to head with Jordan Spieth in the final <laughs> round. They're both miles back of Capcom Rom. and they go on heaters. And then Spieth <laughs> and Mickelson in the final hole, Spieth bogeys, Mickelson birdies. And he's the clubhouse leader. Yeah. Honestly, man, he fills number two for our generation. He's number two behind Tiger 100%. Woods. And it's unfortunate that he was the guy to go over to the live tour and kind of spark yeah. the change, spark the, the leadership. But, I mean, how how can you hate Phil? I mean, I there's there's something deep down that was so happy that he. I mean, obviously two years ago yeah. when he won the PJ Championship at age fifty one, but to, he's done yeah. nothing on the Live Tour. He's been irrelevant. I had him in a missed cut parlay this week, and he goes and he shoots, <laughs> finishes minus eight. It, it was fun to see, man. But I honestly, when yeah. he when he finished minus eight, I wanted every. I wanted. I was cheering for Rom, very hard to get that thing in.
0: For sure, for sure. And, and so was I. I mean, I mean, let's let's rewind the clock here. Right? We got it a little bit. We'll keep track of predictions like we said, but I gave four guys. You asked me for four guys. I gave you four guys. We need the listeners. Listeners need to tune in here. Maybe we'll cut and stuff too. I gave you Morikawa, tenth. Yep. I gave you Sanjay, tied sixteenth. I gave you Brooks Kepka from the Live Tour, second, and I gave you Johnny Ram. The winner, come on now! But is like that I any said, good, folks? There, is that any good? Let's he- get this rolling. We're gonna have more for you, but let, I mean, yeah, you talk about the matches. Um, I thought it was a situation where I was watching. I watched start to finish. I, I'm not sure I missed <laughs> any holes from Ram and Ram and Kepka when they were paired together Saturday, Sunday. Brooks Kepka for me lost that more than I thought. Ram won that, and I I, I felt like it was a situation where when I was watching. John Ram wasn't putting it uh tight until the last, I want to say ten holes around of, of the last round. Uh he really dialed it in. But especially Saturday when they, they ended up calling it short, Brooks Kepka w- had a lot of chances where Ram put the ball in bad situations. He was Ram played aggressive and it didn't pay off. And Kepka did not take advantage of it. He put himself very short on on, on a couple holes. He almost went into water on one when, when Ram went in the bunker before. Like Kepka missed a lot of big putts. That would have just probably sealed it for him. Like I said, um, he played amazing the first two rounds, but for me, I I, I didn't feel like watching that that tournament that Brooks was going to win it going into the last day. Um, he didn't look confident with the ball, but um, yeah, like you said, I, I was happy Ram won it. Uh, obviously, again PGA Tour strong there, uh, uh, getting that done um, looked good for the prediction. That felt good, um, but again, that was a guy I said, like I said on the on, on, when I gave it to you, feels like a guy who should be wearing a green jacket. And, and it's coming at some point and, and, and I'm glad he got it done. He's been playing on real. Uh, now is his time and I'm glad I'm glad it happened for him. Absolutely.
1: And on Spaniard Legends, Sevi Ballastora's birthday. I mean, it was just it was huge for him. And yeah. you know what? I'll go out on a limb. I think that those two guys are at least knocking on the door. I'll say two out of the three majors left. I could see Brooks Koepka. Obviously, he's got his yeah. game back, and we know he's he loves the majors. And John Rom, I mean, how could you how could you argue against him? I mean, when he's on his game, he's the best player in the world. Scottie Scheffler and John Rom, I mean, those guys when they have everything grooving and moving and grooving, I mean, it's hard to beat them. Uh, Tiger, I mean, the weather yeah. the weather was just too tough on that guy. I mean, he's gonna for Tiger to even have a sniff at a contention or a top 20, he's going to need some warm days. I mean, with that new reconstructed leg, I mean, we all know what cold weather does to, you know, our body and our joints. He's just had, he's just been too, through too much to compete. He looked, it, it was ugly. I hate when tiger withdraws, but that was the case for the old guy. Yeah. Rory McElroy. I mean, yeah, th- this guy, he, I, I'm not going to say he's dead to me, but I had some money <laughs> riding on Rory. I had a lot of DraftKings lineups with Rory McIlroy. I was bullish on Rory plus yeah. 5 he had the better half of the draw trunk slam oh, man he's he's going to he's going to get one he he will get one i just i'm just waiting for it
0: to happen yeah and, and just to touch on tiger i mean um obviously he was the man for me growing up as well just like everyone else like um that 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 was that was the guy that was who i was a fan of obviously uh, but you know what like you talk to obviously a lot of guys in the golf world and and a lot of fans of him um they always they feel like oh he could win it he could win it at the Masters and you know what like I'm kind of getting to a spot now as a fan of Tiger where it's like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I think he could win it um you never rule it out with him but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that for me I'm in a spot with Tiger I just, I I want to see him play I, I I'm just happy to see him play I want him to succeed but you just feel so bad when he gets hurt that like I don't want want to be upset if he doesn't win it for me I just want to enjoy whatever he plays and and you just he's getting to that age and stuff like you you, again if anyone's going to do it it's going to be tiger but um again you just want to be healthy I I just want to see a few more years of him being able to play all four rounds at all four majors and and that's what I'd be happy with with tiger but um, um yeah you just hope he gets back from this injury and is able to play a lot more of the majors for me
1: Absolutely. I think that that's all we can hope for is his health and just for him to be there because, I mean, you have to think that he's only got a few more years left where he, he just he just can't do it. I mean, and Augusta, that walk is just such a toll. But, um, you know, I think uh, in years past, like especially to when he came back from the back fusion in, in that 2018-2019 window when he won the Tour yep. Championship, he was building towards the Masters, you could kind of feel a win coming it feels like we're, we're a long ways away from, from that even being in the realm of possibilities. But no, the RBC Heritage yep. open on this week uh, at, at uh, Town. It's funny because the winner of this event this week will get more in earnings than the Masters. So that, that might be something they've got to sit down and figure out because obviously <laughs> I do agree with the elevated events in the PGA Tour, but I don't know if their guys should be making more money at the Heritage than they are at the Masters. It just seems a little wild yep. to me. Uh, but Justin, you're a killer, man. Anything, anything to add before we close this thing up?
0: Just quickly, I I was in a masters pool. I'm not sure if you guys do this. We just do it with with our guys here, just for fun, so you could come out as the winner. Yeah. Um, at the second overall pick, we do a random wheel. Each guy gets two guys. Your combined pairing is is, is who you get. Yep. Um, took John Ram at two, so that was great, obviously. Yeah. But bang, my second round pick, Brian Harmon got to with Brian Harmon. Didn't have a plan for for pick number fifty. Took Brian Harmon, missed the cut at like plus seven. He's second place at the RBC at the moment, a minus six. Come on. You're a week late, Brian Harmon, for me. You're a week late. But no, again, for, uh, enjoyed being here, Greg. Uh, I love this every time. Great episode. Um, unbelievable what's coming with the with the sports and everything we got dialed up so i'm just so excited for moving forward uh and again appreciate it daily Admission fans love you so uh yeah thanks for having me again
1: absolutely man it's uh it's always a pleasure having you so uh yeah we'll be back we got lots of content coming guys so uh everyone have a fantastic weekend we'll be back early next week